0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Isaiah and the New Testament reading of Romans. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, today is the second week of Advent. And if you were with us last week, we spoke a little bit about what our focus will be each week of these four weeks in Advent. Last week we talked about hope for the holidays and some of the things that we hope for. Ultimately finding that the object of our hope, the one that we put our faith and trust in, is Jesus. Because he is the one who has promised us that one day our struggles will be over, that he will work all things for our good, because he has brought us from death to life through his death and his resurrection from the dead. If you want to hear specifically about love, Come back in two weeks because we will see the Christmas story portrayed by our jam kids when love came down for us at Christmas. You want to hear about the joy that we can have this time of the year in the midst of all of the crappy things that happen? Come back next week. And today, as you all have Come to peace, Lutheran Church, we come to peace. When we think about peace, we might think about the first definition of the word the non warring condition of a nation, group of nations, or the world. It's the absence of war in the nation, in the world. Connected with this one, we might think of our peace in our part of the world, which is part of that third definition, the normal freedom from civil commotion and violence of a community. It's the lack of war or violence within our neighborhood. But I think what will make our focus for today is that second definition, A state of mutual harmony between people or groups, especially in personal relations. It takes what can be viewed as general, outside of our part of the world, and it makes it personal. I mean, it even says right there, personal relations. So, how are those personal relationships? You might be someone with lots of connections, lots of relationships. Or you might be someone with very few connections, very few relationships. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. I mean, this is the time of the year where we gather with friends and family and we celebrate. We're looking at our calendars when we're planning dinners and parties and get-togethers and We're making cookies and we're baking cakes and we're buying gifts and we're decorating and we're wrapping presents. But is it all sunshine and roses? Or maybe it's snowflakes and holly for this time of the year. Is it all glad tidings of joy with those that we love? And especially with those that are Hard to love. I mean, we may not have very many relationships, but the ones that we do have oh boy, are they something special? Sometimes the, the weight of all of our issues weigh us down like a good fruit cake during this time of the year. Maybe this isn't you. Maybe there are no conflicts going on in your personal life. And it's very easy to see peace in your own life and in the world around you. Maybe you hear the words of Silent Night and you can sit in that silent peace that your life has. And God bless you. But for the rest of us, Those that don't sleep in heavenly peace? Let me tell you about the one who can bring you that peace. His name is Jesus. You may have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal, especially this time of the year. He's also the Prince of Peace. And that's what the Old Testament reading of Isaiah said about him. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will come upon the one who is the root, the shoot from the stump of Jesse. I mean, this is talking about Jesus' lineage, but also connecting him to Jesse's son, David. Jesus, born as the King of the Jews, is born in the city of David. The Promised One, the Messiah, the one who would come and save his people and bring them true peace. Now, when Jesus was born, the peace that the people were looking for was certainly the kind of peace that had to do with war and other nations because they were under the Roman rule at this time. They wanted a descendant from the line of King David who would come and take that earthly throne, conquer the Romans. But they did not have the spirit of wisdom and understanding like Jesus did. They did not have the true knowledge and fear of the Lord like Jesus did. And their focus was in the wrong place. We, being able to look back at the life of Jesus, know that he was going to come, and he wouldn't take up an earthly throne, but he was going to take up his heavenly throne. And the only way that he could take up his heavenly throne was by laying down his earthly life. And so the Prince of Peace was nailed to a cross as the King of the Jews, dying for our sins, Let's talk about that. This is what Isaiah said about Jesus. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge. He judges righteously. We do not When we think about our connections, our personal relationships, sometimes we have issues with people because we judge them by what we see. So we take a look around Sunday morning and we say, How dare someone disrespect God by wearing blue jeans? Or we say, how dare someone show up five minutes late to a service? Or how dare someone sit in my seat? Or how dare someone bring their noisy, crying kids into worship? Or, or, or. And other times, we judge people by what our ears here. Did you hear what so-and-so said about so-and-so? No? Okay, well grab a cup of coffee because I want to spill some tea. (laughs) Or I was just passing by someone else's conversation. I wasn't eavesdropping, but this is what I heard happened and you will not believe it. Now, I started with the church because you're all here. But the same things happen outside the church as well. We judge people by what we see and hear. How many times do you find yourself telling everyone on the road how terrible they are at driving? How many times do the people in the grocery store move too slow for the amount of patience you have? How many times do you want to tell your friends that they are making bad choices in life? How many times do you hear people talk crap about other people and you agree with what's being said? How many times do you look at your family members and the reason they're having all of these problems is because they don't listen to your advice? How many times do you look at your own life and think that it is much better than everyone else and that you have more wisdom and understanding and knowledge and fear of the Lord because you go to church and that you're able to judge them and sit on your golden throne, your high horse, because you are more righteous than them. Listen to the New Testament reading from Romans. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. God wants you to live in harmony, in peace with one another. It's kind of hard to do with all the judgment going around. It's kind of hard to do when we feel that we're better than everyone else. It's kind of hard to do when we can't look at our own selves and recognize our own sin and our own failures and how we indulge in the same things that we say other people are guilty of. And so this golden throne that we sit on and judge others from is really a throne of lies. You're welcome to judge others. Just make sure you're ready to judge yourself. Because Jesus, the righteous one, who judges with righteousness, can see what maybe you can't see. And that is an unrighteous person that is no different and no better than all of the other people that we judge. All the other people that we think are below us. All the other people that we don't think deserve to ever stand in our presence. Well, I have news for you. Take a look in the mirror. You... Don't deserve to stand here in the presence of Jesus Christ. I certainly do not deserve to stand here in the presence of Jesus Christ. But here we are. And the only reason that we are here in the presence of Christ today is because he has welcomed us with loving arms. Not because we deserve it, but because we do not deserve it. We do not deserve to be in his presence, because we are terrible sinners. We judge others, and we think that we are immune from judgment ourselves. We look down on others when our sins are just as bad as theirs. We bring up the public sins of others, and we neglect to talk about the sins that we do behind closed doors. We don't welcome others because, well, you know, we like those that we like, and we don't really have time for more people in our life. And, oh, why do I have to be nice to people? As we think about Christmas, when we look at baby Jesus in the manger— and we think about those first visitors, the shepherds, who were welcomed by Mary and Joseph to see that Savior who was born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. Would you want dirty, stinky, poor shepherds around your baby? In your sin, you are poor, dirty, stinky And only deserving of death and hell. But that little baby Jesus welcomes you to his manger. Welcomes you into his presence. And the Son of God, that little baby in the manger, holds you in the palm of his hand. Even though you don't deserve it. And this little baby is going to bear the burden of all of your sin. He is going to take all of the condemnations that you put upon others, and he's going to put them on himself. This little baby is born in order to die. Endure the sufferings of hell so that you can have eternal life. That little baby becomes a man and stretches out his arms to you in love on the cross as he dies the death that you deserve because it was the only way to save you. And then he rises from the dead, giving you the promise that whoever believes in him will live forever. The promise that today you will be with him in paradise. That today you are welcomed into his kingdom as his dearly loved child. Now, how do we take that and welcome others? Because here's the thing I know that this is sometimes hard to do. Because we don't like to get out of our comfort zones. But if a visitor comes and they don't feel welcomed, do you think they'll come back? Probably not. Do you want them to come back? Hopefully so. So, what should you do? Think about it like this it's the person who comes to church in their jeans, who shows up five minutes late, bringing in their noisy, crying kids into the sanctuary and they sit in your seat. You welcome them. You go talk to them. You introduce yourself to them. You offer them a helping hand, especially with their noisy, crying children. You serve them. Don't you want people here? God wants them here. God wants you here. Find out who they are. Find out why they're here. What brought them here? I mean, I know that you might have family and friends here with you. Will your family and friends still be here when you get back from welcoming others? I think so. Will the visitor still be here if you don't reach out to them? Maybe not. Not unless someone else does. And don't expect someone else to do it. You go and do it. In your daily life, think about it like this as well. All the people that don't know how to drive, pray for them. And ask God to keep you and them safe on the road. The people in the grocery store that test your patience, Thank God that they're able to be out in the grocery store at all. Give people advice. And if they don't take it, and their choices lead them down a not-so-great road, walk with them in it. And pray that God brings them back. And when you look at the world around you, and the people around you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Put yourselves in other people's shoes. I know it's hard to do, but that's what Paul, through the Holy Spirit, tells us to do. Welcoming people, putting the best construction on things, being patient with them, seeing the best in people, Forgiving them and loving them. And Paul also gave this blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I am able to do this. You are able to do this. Because the God of hope fills you with joy and peace in your faith. Faith given to you by the Holy Spirit so that by his power you abound in hope and you can live in harmony and peace with others and that you can do things on your own that you normally wouldn't do. Where we fail, Christ helps us succeed because we can't, we won't do them on our own. And so because of Christ helping us, We welcome others because Christ has welcomed us even though we don't deserve it. We love others because we have first been loved by God. We forgive others because we have been forgiven by Christ. We make peace with others because Christ has made peace between us and God through the cross. And every time we gather together in God's presence, in worship, as we hear the word of God, as the words of absolution are pronounced to us, as one of God's little or big children are brought to the waters of baptism, as we receive Christ's body and blood in his supper, We receive that same peace over and over and over again. And we certainly need it. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our Prince of Peace. Amen.